This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Dabahoma Fodi. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz right here on Cliff Central. If ever you've just joined in, you are definitely uh, dialed in uh, to the right station. Um, definitely you must tell your families and friends um, to definitely listen up because I know that I'm excited about today's discussion. I mean, we're talking about something that is very close to my heart and definitely something that affects um, everyday person. Uh, speaking of affecting everyday person, one thing that I've realized um, in life that is interesting is that you could be a professional, you could be um, somebody who's in poverty or anything. There's one thing that makes all of us common. Um, there's one thing that brings us all together at the end of the day after hustling, after going to that interview, or even for that matter, after going to the street to beg. Um, if ever you are a beggar, it's the roof on top of our heads. You know, that's why definitely, um, today we're talking property and definitely having roofs over our head because that's the one thing that definitely is common, uh, between all of us. I'm definitely in st- excited, um, that in studio I've got people that, uh, they do this for a living. Um, you know, um, they live, uh, property, they live houses, they live, um, you know what? Um, you know, this thing that we're definitely talking about. And, you know, to some of you, it might be something that obviously these are the discussions that I know that we hardly have, um, especially within the round tables in our families. And these are the discussions that we need to have. These are the discussions that we need to start, you know, engaging on. Because obviously being young professionals as well, I'm sure we want the minute you start working, you think to myself, if I can get that car that I want and get that house that I want, um, and definitely, and I know that right now uh, we've got somebody as well in studio that specializes when it comes uh, to the market of you know first time owners but i thought you know what let me have them in studio and let's just have a conversation um, and have discussion talk anything and everything um, that comes to the mind definitely that affects um, an everyday person um, i'm very excited that um, you know i've got a gentleman um, here in studio I've known about him But I've never had an opportunity to meet him Until I think we're in Cape Town um, That you know what um, The minute I saw uh, When we had gone for the support conference um, That he was one of the nominees I just knew that no he's going to take this award I remember I tweeted him to say Dude congratulations in advance um, You know what I know you're going to take this He says no but look at the people in the category There's no way that I'm going to take this up uh, but for me, um, he stood out for me particularly because, um, you know, being obviously in property, um, we do a lot of read-ups and stuff. So I happened to come across an article that he had written. So you, rea- you realize that there's people that are just writers, uh, but there's people that live this. So for me, it's something that I picked up to say in his right style of writing. It's something that definitely that's very close to his heart. And um, it's something that is very close to him. So, but I said to him, you know, I want to discuss him. He says, no, let's discuss uh, property. I thought maybe let's just as well bring him in and actually uh, celebrate him before maybe I actually get, because I'm sure you might be wondering, who is this person that you, uh, you're talking about or these people uh, that you're talking about? Let me, in fact, not uh, ruin the introduction. I had planned this introduction to say, this is how I want to introduce them. But I think it's better off if it comes uh, from the horse's mouth. 
let me take this opportunity to welcome my guest. Uh, thank you for coming to studio. Um, I know that definitely we're going to have a lot of fun. And more than anything, this is a show that is very insightful, informative, and more than anything, having fun in what we do. Maybe let me take this opportunity to bring in my first guest uh, in studio. Do you want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners? Tell Hi. us who you are and what is it that you do. <laughs> Hi, Deboho. That was a, that was a good introduction, I must say. Uh, I'm under a lot of pressure here. But, uh, thank you so much for having me, uh, this afternoon. Uh, my name is Ray Masaka and I am a property journalist at MoneyWeb. We look at, um, or specifically to my role at MoneyWeb is to look at South Africa's real estate market, whether it's home ownership in South Africa, whether it's investing in property shares or, or probably, uh, public uh, proposals or public policy matters when it comes to the ownership of property in South Africa. So those are the three spheres that I look at at MoneyWeb. Um, I'm not an expert. I always say I'm not an expert, but I'm a, a keen observer um, as to what's happening in the market. And based on my observations, then I make my opinions and <laughs> hopefully inform the public um, about the property sector. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, being the keen observer, I guess definitely. I mean, we are. Uh, I mean, uh, welcome, Ray, um, and congratulations to once more uh, on the award. People, obviously, I know they must be hearing what we're busy speaking about this award. Um, what award did you win? Maybe do you want to tell us? Maybe give us a brief uh, background um, of your nomination. Um, and what is it that it was looking at at the hour that you take? Mm. Well, the Sapporo Property Journalism Awards are classified as the Oscars, if you'd like, of the property sector. And um, this year, I was nominated for the Property Feature Journalist of the Year. Uh, this category is about journalists who write feature articles, so usually long, in-depth um, articles about what's happening in the property market. And um, I was really up against really talented um, uh, journalists, my media profession, my media uh, colleagues, who are very talented, very um, innovative in their articles and what they write about. And um, I took the award this year. Um, it was not the first time I took the, an award for this category in particular. Uh, I think two years back, I also won this award again. Um, and the year last year, I took the Pro- uh, Property Journalist of the Year Award. Now, that's the most coveted um, category in those awards. Oh, so th- this, this award thing, it's your thing. It flows in your blood. I wouldn't say that, you know, awards are a great recognition of what, you know, what other people think about what you do. Okay. Um, there's a huge risk, unfortunately, in journalism that if you do win an award, it tends to go to people's heads. And I always say that when you win an award, now people expect a lot out of you. Yeah. And but I'm sure you grow in value as well, eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that I cannot dispute, but, um, people now expect you to raise the bar. And for me, that's the nerve-wracking part about it. You know, you can never get comfortable. You can never get lazy. You always have to, you know, push it forward, as you, as, you know, as most people say. But um, yeah, generally, that those are the accolades that I have. It really is a great honor, to be honest, to be recognized for your work, as I said. And um, 
Hopefully this is not the end of it. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully not. It can be the end of it, especially if you are now my associate. I always say for you to be great, you need to be associated with greatness. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to think I'm associated with greatness and I'm sure in reverse. So we definitely need to take it high, right? Well, you, you're way too kind. <laughs> you're way yeah. too kind, but no, I, I take it. I receive it. No, definitely. So Ray, tell me, I mean, um, having, you said even two years ago and, you know, so obviously, you're not new in this journalism thing, uh, property journalism. Maybe let, let's go back. Uh, where, where's home? Where do you come from? Um, did you study journalism or is it something, or did you study property or is it something that you just got into? Mm. So the 20th of February 1992, that, that is when Ray was born, um, in Soweto, Dobsonville specifically. Um, my mother was a retailer. She worked at, and, and it's quite sad thinking about it because she's sort of come full circle. She's working at Stutterfords. She used to work at Stutterfords and you now know that Stutterfords is about to shut down its doors, uh, next month. So really born in Dobsonville, raised by a mother who worked in retail and a father who worked at Telcom. He used to, if people had problems with their phone lines, mm-hmm. he'd be the go-to guy at Telcom. Okay. And, um, I have, uh, three siblings, a sister, um, a brother and another brother, so I'm the last born. I'm the baby of the household. Oh, so you're the small bread. Uh, not really. <laughs> but mm. yeah, a lot of people focus on the last born. Okay. They notice a last born. Mm. Unfortunately, if you're a middle child, you, you tend to be forgotten, which is unfortunate. Mm. Um, but, um, had always had a keen sense of reading, knowing what's happening around me in terms of news. Um, so that journalism, that journalism interest started from a very young age. And, um, studied at Princess High University, uh, well, at Princess High School. That was in, uh, the West Rand. And really, when I matriculated in 2009, I didn't know what to do. Okay. Um, I had an interest in law and journalism. Then went on to apply at Wits University. Law school applications were closed. But during school, on the other hand, applications were open. So obviously, you know, you're going to go to where the applications are still taken. And I studied, um, you know, my degree at WITS and did a degree also at Monash University. And fast forward to me graduating and having a degree in journalism and media studies, I actually volunteered at the Citizen newspaper, meaning no salary. Mm-hmm. You just want to foot in the door, just okay. to crack that that door in. Mm. And uh, I credit my career to a man called Theo Ayers. He was a deputy editor of the Citizen newspaper, and I sent him an email saying that um, I would like to work for free. I need a job opportunity. I just graduated, and he said, "I'll take you in." Hmm. And work gave me uh, worked on a month. Trial without a salary And clearly he saw something Because I was offered an internship Mm. A month month later And really I I really credit my career to him Then I also Worked at Business Day I was a freelancer So writing articles on the education sector Um, Then years later I joined MoneyWeb That's where I am now And I'm a journalist at MoneyWeb at the moment And I didn't have a an interest in real estate. It it was by accident. Um because they needed someone to write on the real estate sector and I thought, okay, I'll take it up. Okay. And you know, I cannot screw this up. Yeah, <laughs> Let's no. see what I can do. And 
as I say, the rest is history. It's been four years now at MoneyWeb, and it's really been an incredible journey. So you actually got exposed to real estate at MoneyWeb. At MoneyWeb. I have to credit MoneyWeb there because they were looking for someone who's going to write about the property sector, and I just happened to be the new recruit mm. and who was delegated all matters and property. And um, it's been a really incredible journey, and I wake up every day, and I really love what I do. Um, and... I've only said I've only started. Mm. There's a lot of things I still want to accomplish that I haven't barely, I haven't barely scratched the surface yet. Hmm. No, definitely. Um, let me come to my second guest. Ed, you said want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners. Tell us who you are and what is that you do. Hi, um, my name is Sipamandla Mukanazi. Um, I am an economist at Standard Bank. Um, part of what I do, my portfolio includes um, residential property to be specific, okay. but um, generally just consumer offers. Um, mm. As you would know that um, the consumer um, is a very important component um, of the of the South African GDP. Um, so um, at the bank, they needed someone um, who was going to look at, at that particular sector, that household sector. Yeah. So, so, so Spamantla, you, you, you're the numbers man. Yes, I'm the numbers man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you make when you make applications um, yeah. for, um, for for purchasing your home, those applications will come to the bank, um, the centralized somewhere, mm. and I get to see those um, those numbers and I try to um, mm. take out what the trends mm. are. Did you study financing? I started. Maybe economics. maybe take take us back. Uh, where's home? Um, and how how what did you study? Right. And how did you get to be where you are? Okay, it's quite an interesting one. Um, I'm from a very small town um, in KZN called Escort. Okay. Um, for those of you who drive for the Deb in July. Oh, Umzul. Umzul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those small towns, those by the way towns um, okay. on your way to Durban by mm-hmm. the N3 there. Um, so I, I studied that at Azula High School. Um, matriculated there, I think it is 2005. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I put my matriculation, then I, I like Ray, went to VETS. Um, at VEDS, I, I, I actually wanted to be an actuary. Mm-hmm. Um, studied actuary uh, for the first year, first year of my university mm-hmm. life. I, I studied actual science. Mm-hmm. Like, with, the, with the hustlers, and the, uh, the, these are the intellects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this is still part of a hustle. Oh, okay. Um, so, 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 yeah, um, I got introduced to economics in my first year of varsity. Um, and, and I discovered that I, I had passion for economics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I changed and I, I, I took economics as, as, um, as, as my subject. So I was there for five years. I, I did my master's there. So I completed my degree, an honors degree and master's degree at VETS. Mm-hmm. Um, started working, but my passion was finance. Um, so I started working as a graduate trainee. Uh, for Net Group Investments in Cape Town, okay. um, so I was a, I was a, an investment analyst, um, um, graduate trainee um, at Net, Net Group Investments there. Um, six months later, I got an opportunity to join um, the the Competition Commission as an economist. It's completely different kind of economics. Um, it's it's different from the language from an everyday language of interest rates and what inflation is doing. It's a completely mm-hmm. different kind of economics. Okay. Um, so I was there for like four years, um, until I joined the bank, um, two years ago, um, as, as, as a, as a property and consumer economist. And like Ray, um, I, I didn't have any, um, prior, um, uh, experience in, in, in property. It just so happened that the bank was looking for someone who was going to cover that space. And that's how I got into, into property. Oh, okay. No, interesting. So now, um, so you guys are both into property by, by default. <laughs> so now maybe, um, Ray, let me come back to you on this one. Um, generally, 
um, like I said, her property is not um, our dinner, you know, uh, table discussion, especially being being black, you know, and and um, it's something that obviously we default to, and right now we're grabbing lied to. That's why I think I wanted us to have the discussion. We grab being lied to, to say no, you buy a property, you buy an investment, and this and this and that, you know, for twenty years and things like that, you know. But now being in an investment game, you start realizing to say where was the investment there. Do you understand? And things like those. So now, uh, maybe the question that I need to pose, maybe I want your opinion and your opinion from both of you, uh, to say, are black people in property? And if not, why are we not into the space? Mm. Well, first of all, you know, property is something that everyone aspires to have. And I think context is quite important, especially the South African context, Mm -hmm. where land ownership is such an emotional issue. But due to our history of apartheid and, and, you know, disenfranchisement of black people in this country. I think there is now more awareness of the challenges when it comes to home ownership in that you need a, first of all, a deposit, a high deposit. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you need to be able, actually able to afford, um, a prop, a property. Um, but there is a keen awareness now that, you know, everyone aspires to own a property. Mm-hmm. In terms of black people owning a property, I would say yes. Over the years, there has been an increased level of ownership, home ownership, because banks over the past few years have sort of relaxed their lending criteria. So if you, Are they? I think so. Okay. Um, if you look at the level of loan extensions from the big four banks, mm-hmm. those, those levels of banks granting consumers credit, they have increased since the 2008 global financial crisis. Maybe that's a fact that banks have now have a more appetite to grant mortgage loans responsibly to consumers. That is. So for me, I think the biggest barrier and, and not just black people, but professionals overall in owning a property is the issue of affordability and high indebtedness of consumers. You can think about it in your salary. How much, how much of your salary goes back home in the form of black tax or, or, or the sandwich generation, mm-hmm. if you like to glamorize mm-hmm. it? Um, and how much do you have in terms of car payments and your lifestyle costs as well? And if you look at how much you earn, how much can you afford in terms of monthly mortgage payments? For me, affordability is a big issue and that's what need, we need to overcome. The how part, I don't know, but to go back to your question, I absolutely think that there are more ent- players, black players in the home ownership space. Okay, home ownership space. Let's talk property investment. Property investments, it, it you can look at it two ways. Um, there's still a huge issue with black people believing that the JSC is for them. They view the JSC as something that's exogenous, external, far within reach. Okay. But I can tell you now, by the virtue of you owning a pension fund, you do have access to the JSC. Um, you, in terms of owning individual property stocks, that's where I think the challenge lies. Um, because, first of all, you need to understand what you're getting yourself into. You need to understand the the risks versus opportunities in, in, in owning individual property stocks. But by the virtue of you owning, again, a retirement annuity fund that invests in unit trusts or portfolios that may be exposed to the property sector, I'd actually say that black people are increasingly becoming exposed to the real estate sector on the JSE through 
retirement annuity funds. Okay. So then um, now in terms of though, but now is the... Because right now, one of the most I've I've met in opportunity of of engaging and meeting a couple of let's say black property developers and property investors and the likes. So one of the key consistent thing it's capital, you know. Um, and you you've liked you, you there's a likes of um who's who's the CEO for um for the billion group. Sisa Gebulan Yes You know That as well Who has shared his insight And in terms of How the industry Has been monopolized And how he was um, You know Attacked Not only attacked But um, You know In fact Was was actually um, How do I put it um, Structured for failure uh, into, 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 um, you know, what he was trying to establish, you know, being the group. Okay. Good thing. Now they're running a, entering a fund that is listed and everything of that kind. So, but now it goes to show that obviously not everyone has the kind of balls that he has. Not everyone has the kind of deep pocket that he has and the kind of networks that he has. So now I want us to speak. To an ordinary person on the street that want to get to this, uh, the good thing we've got the likes of TEF now that are investing into emerging property developers. We've got the likes of GPF and many others. But now, obviously, um, people still view it as this horse, not really this horse, this bull. Um, that you know what, it's going to be hard to 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 actually um, engage or actually be part of. So now, I mean, for somebody or a person like that, how do you simplify, um, you know, them getting into the space? Mm. I think those va- those concerns, first of all, are very valid because uh, property is quite an, a, a capital-intensive industry. Mm-hmm. Hence why we see very few black players or very few black emerging players. Um, and, and the lack of and the the capital intensive nature of property mm-hmm. has also led to concerns about why is the property industry so slow to transforming okay you look at the boards of many property companies they're still mm. pale and male definitely um you know even though be structures have been set up uh whereby a company would give a a, a portion to an empowerment fund or or or, or a consortium of black mm. investors Getting the capital to buy the equity into that uh, BE structure, you know, it's a lot of money, first it of is. all. Yeah. And um, to be, I'm probably going to disappoint you in saying the solution or the how. I, I don't know, mm. to be honest. But I, I do think we need a new way of rethinking the model of funding small and emerging entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, whether it's providing capital with low interest rates, mm. for example, or, 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 I don't know, just, just, Providing the capital with little hindrance mm. or barriers to the small, you know, uh, emerging entrepreneurs just to make, you know, to free up the capital that is much needed. Government has a huge role to play. And unfortunately, there is a view that government is not coming to the party mm-hmm. in assisting, you know, emerging entrepreneurs to get into the property game as well. Those concerns are very valid. And I believe that's the case too. But I, I really think we need to look at a new way of funding Emerging entrepreneurs mm-hmm. You know We know in South Africa That we do need entrepreneurs They are the ones That carry the can For, for job creation In Definitely. this country mm-hmm. where, Whereby the private sector And government Is unable to do so mm-hmm. um, And we know that The regulatory environment For small businesses Is very tough You know It takes so many days To register a business In this country Whereas globally The times and days Are very shorter So I think we need to overhaul Our approach 
and the way we we relook at SMEs and and really make it easy for them to operate. Mm. And you you made mention of 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 uh, BE deals and transactions and the likes. So you've been a, a property journalist for the last four years. In all honesty, do you see transformation though taking place, or do you see um, people benefiting out of these BE deals? Because for me, from what I've seen, they just um, people just get good lawyers, good accountants, and structure smart. Um, you know, structures, um, to actually seem like be, seems like transformation, but it's not actual transformation. So last time, I mean, I had an opportunity of interviewing the B commissioner and he even, she even attested to the fact that, um, it's more of a tick box, um, exercise. And, um, if ever in a question where a black business is, will be empowered in this, it will be given non-strategic um, you know, um, services to, to render other than strategic, um, and, and influence. What's your opinion? Mm. I think there's really, we need, there's a tough conversation that needs to be, a tough and frank conversation that needs to happen, um, about the sector is very slow in terms of transforming. And if you look at the concept of transformation, there are about five pillars to transformation. There's ownership, skills development, employment equity, uh, management and control. Mm-hmm. So, so, what pe- when people focus on transformation, they only look at the ownership level, yes. which is a huge mistake in my in my view. You need to be able to really assess a company in terms of its transformation objectives. Is it procuring goods from a you know small or black uh, and emerging enterprises? You know, are they hiring and 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 you know building skills within that company mm-hmm. in terms of making? Certain black individuals, um, part of management. Mm-hmm. You look at the boards of these property companies listed in the, in the JSC. They are so male and pale focused. And, you know, for me, you're right. It's a, it is still a box ticking kind of approach. Whereas we need a new way to relook at how transformation, uh, is looked at. You know, mm-hmm. we need to look at making transformation being part of, you know, wanting to make change. Um, and uplifting the the environment in which a company operates in, um, so there's really still a huge, huge you know problem that we're facing. Despite they they being a legislative framework like the property charter, which actually tells you how you should achieve those uh, transformational objectives, it seems like there isn't much will to take up that charter and implement it at all. In fact, it's, it seems like it's ignored. Um, so. People have discussed the concept of having punitive measures for companies that are not transformed, meaning, you know, imposing a fine mm-hmm. or other sanctions. If that's what it takes to get companies really serious about transformation, I really think we need to look at maybe punitive measures for companies that don't transform. Mm. No, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, Spamandla, um, one of the interesting, um, turning points that, um, Ray mentioned earlier, it's it's the issue of home ownership, and obviously you are in economics um, in that space. And I know that you've recently released um, a property index. Um, maybe obviously to somebody else um, that might be listening, one they might not know what that is, um, and what's the importance of doing um, you know an annual property index. Maybe I think maybe before I get to the question that I want to ask you, maybe do you want to give us a brief background about 
um, data better. Right. Um, in the most simplified terms, <coughs> um, an index just looks at um, house price trends in those particular areas. So what we've done is that we've taken our national house price index, which just looks at national averages, but we realized that um, in South Africa especially, where income um, income levels are so, dis- um, so dispersed, for example, in um, if you're in Cape Town, you don't end the same as, um, as, as, as workers in Cape Town don't end the same as workers in, in Johannesburg. For example, so um, demand for housing in those particular areas tends to be um, tends to be different, and the drivers of um, of, of demand and te- um, are, are different in those areas. So that means that um, house price um, house prices in, in different areas are going to um, have different trends. So that's why we that's why we we look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But the importance of it is that um, over and above having a roof over your head, um, a house can also be um, a form of investment. Um, and as a consumer out there, then you want to see how that asset of yours is growing over um, um, over 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 time. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, also taking into account um, the economic um, the economic um, conditions okay. in, in in the country. So it really just looks at um, house price trends um, in partic- in those particular areas, taking into account um, the economic environment. Mm. So now, I mean, um, you 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 just said as well that um, a house is an investment. Um, how is that an investment, though? Right. So you buy a house. Um, you can you can use it for, for for different kind of things. So you buy a house. Mm-hmm. You let it appreciate over time. It's an, it's an appreciating asset. Um, for example, say you um, you took you took a mortgage on that house. Um, over time, when as you pay off your mortgage, there is an equity that um, that accrues to you as an owner um, mm-hmm. of, of that house, and that equity you can use it to buy another house. You can use it to um, <coughs> renovate the existing house okay. and improve on and improve on 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 on, um, on the value of your asset. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, if you decide to sell the house five years later, um, you can make a profit out of that. So it becomes it becomes an investment from that perspective. Mm. Okay. So now, um, so now. In regards to now new home ownership, yeah. um, do we have a lot of peop- uh, black people buying houses? We do. Um, but um, I want to allude to what, um, to what Ray mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, in South Africa, we've let this dual um, 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 property market uh, persist for so long. By that I mean, um, you've got a large part of your population that lives in the um, in the rural areas that lives in um, in the townships, mm-hmm. and you've got your urban, um, your more formal um, house owners. Okay. Now, trends in those two different types of markets are not necessarily the same. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happened is that um, 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 home owners in those formal and urban areas um, have. Do have the title deeds? They're able to trade on the assets, mm-hmm. whereas the large majority um, of the population still lives in the rural areas. We don't, we don't have um, home ownership. They don't mm. have a title deed behind their assets, and then they are unable to trade on their asset. So what that means then is that the large part of your population um, is not absorbed into the formal market. In other words, they're not able um, to go out there and trade on their asset. You can. Trading on your asset does not necessarily mean selling it, but you can go to the bank and use your and use a title deed as your as your collateral and open a spaza show, for example. Mm-hmm. So that's um, um, home homeowners in those and those parts of, um, of 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 the country don't have that luxury. So we've let this dual um, um, property market persist for so long. So 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 yes, home ownership is increasing. Black people are coming into the market, but it could we could be doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, we could we could be doing much 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 better. Mm-hmm. So then. 
from the obviously, I'm sure the more, the, the, the more uh, formal market, like you mentioned, they're the ones that are now getting the second property, they're getting the third property. Correct, correct. Mm. Getting your first property, chances are you go, um, it becomes easier to get your second property. Um, and then you grow your portfolio from that perspective. Whereas those in those informal markets mm. remain in those informal markets. Trade there is really um, survival, really. Um, it's trading just between me and yourself mm. on, on a cash basis most of the time. Mm. Um, and you're unable to grow your asset from that perspective. Mm. So now let's talk more of the informal market. I mean, we have a lot of people coming from the rural areas, yeah. coming to the townships. Um, and obviously those people need accommodation. That's why right now you realize that as well, there's a lot of influx of informal settlement. Um, there's a lot of influx, you know, um, of, of, um, you know, tuning squatters and everything else. And I understand that that devalues properties as well. Mm-hmm. So, and right now, um, those people, um, other than the government having to look for them in terms of giving them alternative accommodation or RTPs or whatever, what role is the bank playing there? Right. So there are two things I want to mention in that regard. Um, I want to mention um, um, property developers and okay. I want to mention banks. Okay. Now, what's happened is that in the affordable market, um, which is the market you're talking about, um, for those that earn um, standard banks, uh, by standard banks definition, those that earn um, less than 15,000 rands mm-hmm. combined income. Um, so what's happened is that property developers usually focus on the higher end of the market. Okay. Um, and and uh, and uh, in a way, leave these people in the in the affordable market with inadequate stock, whereas that's where most of the demand is. Mm. Now, from the bank perspective, um, banks usually are more risk averse when it comes to those people because of affordability, as Ray mentioned. Um, and the focus tends to be on the higher end, um, higher end of the market. Mm-hmm. So we've got this problem one. In, um, in adequate stock for those people And two, even if you did have stock um, You will still have banks That um, are more risk averse When it comes to those people Because um, of affordability issues so now, I mean, then when you look after, cause then that's why you see there's a rise on the rental stock. Correct. Um, and right now on your, when I was looking at your property index, uh, it's more focused on new home ownership. Um, who's looking after the rental, um, you know, um, stock or who's looking after the rental index or is it you, Ray? No, I don't have the money, first of all. <laughs> I yeah. just put my money where my mouth is. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think there's a, there's a great understanding that there is a shortage of rental stock, shortage of quality rental stock in places that are close to where people work, mm-hmm. which is very important because you don't want people traveling for many, you know, hours to go to work. But at this point, I don't think there's a huge focus on bringing quality affordable stock at the moment because rental developers know they can make a lot of money by bringing higher end units mm. to a market you know that 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 there's really a huge demand for okay. i can tell you right now where the stock is needed the most rental stock is needed the most is between the the price category of 4500 to the 7500 um, rental per month bracket whereas of the stock that is coming into the market, mm-hmm. mostly we're looking at fifteen to twenty-five thousand. That's true. That's quite a high-end market, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, I, Santon, for example, would classify as quite a high-end market. But when you're talking about a young professional, who can really afford those kind of units? So, so I, I think we also need to relook government's housing subsidy framework, whereby. 
I think it's called the gap market, where, mm. whereby if you earn, um, please us speak under correction, mm. but if you earn a certain amount of, of salary, I think it's 7,000 rand, you get a 3,500 back subsidy. That doesn't work because how can you classify someone as, you know, really needing that subsidy? We need to relook at how government also comes to the party as well in, in, in loosening up that home ownership level. But, but the long and short of it is that we do need to bring affordable rental stock to the market because I can tell you that there's a huge demand for that stock. Um, but, Developers also need to look at the market very differently too. Mm. So I mean, what you what, uh, what you making reference to? I know it's very beneficial uh, to that government scheme to to banks. Uh, banks smile because it really helps them. Um, you know, obviously able to roll out more houses and do this and that. Or oh, am I lying, Samadhi? Oh, yeah, 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 you're very right. <laughs> you're right. But what I want to say is that there's a bigger problem here, and I agree 100 percent with you. Um, and I see a role for the state-owned enterprises coming into um, in, 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 into this debate, mm-hmm. because the debate has been of the of the complaints is that um, there isn't enough land or in in in, in um, access to land in urban areas. Okay. Now, what's that done is that even if um, developers want to bring into um, in, um, bring into um, into the market um, affordable houses, they are usually far away um, from the from the economic opportunities, mm-hmm. and usually in those areas, um, basic services are aren't there, and okay. the municipalities then have to come in. But what we found in our research is that um, state-owned enterprises, particularly um, particularly Transnet, owns large amounts of land in around urban areas in in, in South Africa, mm. and that's le- land and buildings, and that's land and buildings that is sitting idle mm. um, that could be used um, for my friends in Transnet. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I must start making friends there. <laughs> yeah. So 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 from my perspective, we could be using that those mm. assets more um, more productively. Could be using them to develop um, um, black, um, small black developers. Mm-hmm. Could be using them. Could be unlocking that land um, for, for 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 affordable homes um, for, for for the affordable homes because it solves the problem of people living far away from where they work, having and then having to allocate a lot of their money into um, into transport costs, and that improves productivity. Um, it improves um, opportunities for people. People, are, um, as, as the closer they come to the working areas, they can ac- they get access to better schools. They they're more productive. They spend less time traveling. So it's beneficial to everyone. Mm. Yeah. So um, I mean, um, Ray, in term in terms of now, I mean, um, the benefit that as uh, Pamela um, is adhering to, um, do do you see that? Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, and, and just to go back to his point. Um, the problem with the state is that it, it is sitting on a lot of land, which unfortunately it doesn't even have record on. So we need to, the state also needs to be able to have a process that registers your land and better manages your land. Mm-hmm. Because really, uh, how can developers partner with government if they want to roll out stock if the government can't even tell where, how, how much of land do I, do I, do I own? For example, that's a huge problem. But also, I feel like government also needs a carrot and stick approach to, to developers to say, we have the land, put your money where your mouth is to come on board and deliver these rental, uh, uh, you know, uh, units because, and government has the levers of power by maybe saying, we'll, we'll charge you lower rates and taxes. Okay. You know, give developers a financial incentive for them to also want 
to bring it in stock in the market because remember, a developer wants a return as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put in my money if I know that those de- returns are going to be very low. So, you know, in some way, I think we the government needs to create an enabling environment for developers to come on board. Mm-hmm. And is there an enabling environment right now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hmm. So now, I mean, um, we, 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 we're seeing a lot of, um, shopping centers coming into, uh, the townships and, and the likes. And you've said, oh, there's no land. But where else, when you go to the likes of Santin, four ways, um, there's no land there either. That's why you see developers build going up. Um, and you finance or you bond those houses very gently. You know, I mean, why, if ever, let's say a similar thing would take place in the township, people would not develop going straight up, but would develop going up. Would you still, would you still bond to those stocks? Yeah, no, um, so, 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 how it works is that, um, in the affordable market space, um, there are funds that, uh, specifically, um, catering for that particular market. So it doesn't really matter, uh, whether it's, it's high rising buildings or not. Um, but there are funds that are particularly, um, looking at that, at that, um, at that specific market. And I've seen, um, I've seen banks, um, well, I won't mention names. I've seen banks, um, that are taking up, um, um risks that they wouldn't take, um, previously. I've seen banks that are funding houses in, um, in, 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 in townships and new developments in townships. So there is a change slowly but surely. There is a change in attitude of banks towards mm-hmm. um, towards funding, especially um, in those previously called township areas. Mm. So now, I mean, in in regards to 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 that, um, you know, um, funds that 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 are available. So, but now the question is as well. Um, I don't know. Maybe let me ask Ray from a journalist perspective. Uh, how how because you'd find as well. Uh, even when we're at the support, people were like, guys, money is available, you know? So, but now how much of that information is out there though to, to the public, to the ordinary person? Cause I think that's, we tend to miss that. And, and for me, believe me, um, I think I'm beyond the scale of being an ordinary person, but even me myself, I miss on some of the, that information. I mean, how is it, is it maybe a uh, dispense to a certain elite kind of people or? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I put my journalist hat on because I, I am the, <laughs> the information provider okay. here. But uh, to be honest, I doubt that the, you know there is that information out there to help people when it comes to home ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think also the problem maybe journalists myself are are not writing often about this 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 market, um, but also people. There's still a misconception about how the mortgage market works. You know, a lot of people, when they go in to go apply for a mortgage, they don't realize that you do need amount of deposit in place. Um, sure, banks are still granting 100% mortgages, but I get a sense that those are, cu- are few and far in between nowadays. Yeah. Because, you know, banks also assess, a, you know, a consumer's risk. How much collateral, collateral are you putting uh, forward? Um, so I, I don't think there's enough information out there, to be honest. Um, and, and fixing that, I'm going to cop out and say, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think there is a greater scope to educate the reader, uh, you know, and the consumer in, in particular. And just to go back to your point about, you know, in, property investors sitting on a lot of cash and it's not being deployed or being used. I can gladly answer that question and say that 
is the state of the country at the moment, the mm. worrying state of the country, whether it's, you know, economically, politically as well. Because, um, if I see what's happening in the country as a, de- a developer with money, mm-hmm. uh, would I invest in a, in a, in a, in a country whereby the political and economic climate is not that favorable at the moment? So a lot of developers are sitting with a lot of cash and they're waiting to see how the, the economic and politics of this country is going to go. So, but as as a bank, uh, you need to be okay for you. The more information people have, the more you get to make money. Correct. So, what are you doing to take information to the people? Right. I just wanna um um, um take on the point of um of, of of information not being there. Um, the program um Ray that was that Ray was talking about earlier um that of. FLESP, they call it FLESP, um, um, that government subsidy in the okay. end of the market. Mm-hmm. It is there, but I feel like uh, we could be doing more in getting that information out because take up of those um, of those subsidies is so low um, in such a way that one questions whether there is any benefit um, to this to these subsidies. So subsidies are there, but people don't know about them, and take up is um, is really low. So um, I think financial institutions um, as a whole um, do need to go out there and um, and communicate with, with 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 consumer a bit more um, than than they are currently doing. Mm. Are you guys going out to communicate with the consumer a bit more? <laughs> I can't speak for the bank, but uh, the information is available on the websites of the banks. Usually. Just not going out, but just speaking to people. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but um, so at the moment, it's about the consumer going out looking for the information, rather mm. than um, the banks going out there and giving it to the consumer. Hmm. Yeah, no, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, remember we said earlier, Hori, as Pamela, they are the intellects one, you know, so he's got a creative way of answering. <laughs> you know, no, don't worry, it's not, it's not like this is a case today where we'll say anything <laughs> will be used against you. So you could be free to definitely, uh, to definitely answer. Um, I think, I think definitely, I mean, it's something that, that uh, there's so much that needs to be done. Um, so now one of the things that now you find we in an era where People are starting to as well look at alternatives. So I'll make an example. You, when you look at the companies like Propertuity, I know they're doing a development using shipping containers um, in uh, in Jippy, you know. And you've got student resident that is done in that, and others now there's going the structural insulated panels. There's um, and what have realized with banks do not finance alternative. Why don't you finance alternative? Because it is still homes, right? Yeah. Um so 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 the way I say it, um of course I'm not in the in the department that finances. I'm just an economist that looks at numbers. Okay. The way I see it is that there is a bit of reluctance, especially in these economic um in these economic conditions, the mm-hmm. bit of reluctance to take a risk. Um Corporates in general have taken this wait and see approach. Um, they want to see what, how the economy does. They want to see how it turns out in the politic f- political front. Um, so a lot of a lot of corporates in SA at the moment um, are afraid to take a risk, and those new innovations usually come with a risk. And I think um, at the moment the banks are looking at that and saying. Given these circumstances, given the economic circumstances, I'm unable at this point in time to take this risk. Mm. So, um, I mean, have you have you explored a lot of alternatives in in your writing in the last four years that is that is coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you touched on the idea of a shipping container, and I know that um, there's a retail sector, a retail. Uh, building in Marvel. Oh, 27 boxes. 27 boxes yeah. that uses that kind of, um, in, innovations. Um, and the, the, com- the same company that, that owns that mall, um, delivered student housing, yeah. student yeah. accommodation mm. using shipping containers in, in, in downtown Johannesburg. So for us, 
as as MoneyWeb and uh, for my personal interest, absolutely, I'm I'm keen about exploring alternative mm-hmm. solutions in terms of providing real estate, and I and I believe those innovative solutions. Uh, are quite affordable from a developer's perspective. Yeah. They don't cost as much as bringing a bricks and mortar establishment, for example. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here because banks are, are nervous about, you know, funding those kind of innovations because there hasn't been much track record in South Africa as to how those innovations are done, you know, the various costs that are associated, mm-hmm. whether the market is actually keen for those kind of offerings. So, so, I completely understand why banks would be taken aback to back these sort of innovations. But based based on me interacting with the market, I think in South Africa there's a huge appetite for those alternative forms of housing and having a roof over your head. Mm. So then, uh, Ray, I've, 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 I've followed a couple of your articles. Mm. Um, why aren't you – okay, why isn't the property market writing a lot – on 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 um, township opportunities and and the market as well, mm-hmm. it will be you'd find that usually in reports that um, you know developers um, that, that is the retail developers mainly that would do it. They look at it from a retail perspective, um, other than from a rental from a residential um, perspective. Why is that though? Mm, I think you know where else most population comes from the township. You know those retailers in the township. They some of them they're making more so much money than retailers in town. Yeah, and I think to be honest. If I had to be honest, I'm partly at fault for that. And I'll tell you why. Because um, it was a period of 2005 up until 2009. That was a significant period where people were starting to understand townships mm-hmm. and the township economy and what um, people wanted in townships. Hence why we saw the big malls going up in Soweto, the like likes of Maponya, Maponya Mall, Jablani Mall, because we, we finally got an understanding of the economic fundamentals of how township works mm. and the undersupplied nature of how township wo- townships work. Um, there was greater or even heightened awareness about the township. Mm-hmm. That has seemed to slow down. And why it has slowed down, I, I don't understand. Is it because maybe there is much greater economic activity outside of the townships into our outlying <laughs> areas or, or cities, for example. Yeah. Um, but what would it take for us as journalists to cover the, the township economy? I think we are covering the, the, the township economy, and I'll tell you why. I'm sure you know about the Competition Commission's uh, grocery retail sector inquiry, whereby they are looking at competition dynamics between um, big retailers such as a pick and pay and your locals part mm-hmm. shops. Mm-hmm. That inquiry is still ongoing. And I've been covering that inquiry. And what has unraveled is that there are definitely anti-competitive behaviors that a lot of big retailers, you know, do in the townships, whereby a lot of their pricing strategy of merchandise, for example, is squeezing a lot of township uh, spaza shops and local entrepreneurs. Um, so I do think that there is still a large, greater scope of coverage of what happens in townships. But maybe that's maybe distracted also by what's happening in the city yeah. as well. But but now you see you 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 went from the, from the angle that I covered to say mm. it if it gets covered it would be covered from a retail perspective side yeah. of things. What about re- a residential perspective? I mean, Spamanta is financing properties yeah. in the township, and there are, there's 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 a, a turning in activity taking place. There. Yeah, yeah. Also. Uh, and I speak for myself as MoneyWeb. I can't speak on behalf of my media colleagues. Okay. But um, we do cover house price growth in, in the townships, for example. I can tell you I've written 
articles about how property prices in Jablani, for example, have fared in the sense that the house price growth in Jablani, for, for instance, two years ago was outstripping um, your major suburbs in Johannesburg. Is it? Yes. No, I'd, li- um, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Please send me those and the, links. And the, yeah. prop- the problem is that not a lot of people re-evaluate their properties and townships. You know, they don't know how much capital appreciation, you know, their properties do, do amass. But um, I, I'll, I can tell you for sure that two years ago in Jablani, I, 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 I was astounded. Two. Also that, you know, I don't know what the state of play is right now. Right, it's two years ago. A lot has happened from yeah. two years ago to now. Yeah. yeah. It is quite an active sector. I can, yeah. be, I can be honest from a listed property or real estate sector. Mm. But I, I like the challenge that you brought to me right now that, you know, <laughs> you are, you're absolutely right. And I'll cop out to that. We don't focus much of what happens in the townships mm. and we fall into the trap of focusing largely on what happens on the listed property side. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause I mean, there's in the, in the township, there's a whole lifestyle thing um, and I'm sure I'm sure Spamada you would know that there's, there's a lot of people that obviously you would finance um, I mean for, for building costs I mean there's mansions that are in the townships now and there's a whole lot of you know uh, there's people that are just comfortable staying in the township they can afford to stay in Centen but don't want to stay in yeah, Centen they want to be in town. correct an interesting statistic of the research that we've, we, we recently did where we measured um, um, incomes of people that buy in Soweto versus mm. people that buy in town actually found that people who buy in Soweto actually earn more than people who buy in Johannesburg. Serious? So correct. There are people Jeez. that would just prefer. Please send me that statistic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll clearly do that. There are people who just prefer um, that lifestyle mm. in the township and it has become a very active hub. Um, townships have become mm. active hubs um, in, in, in SA at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, one thing I, I, I hate about time is when you're having a good time, it's when it decides to fly. You know, it's like you could just, um, absolutely hold it. So maybe obviously in, in, in closing, is there something maybe that you want us, um, you want to uh, give us as a point of closure? Sure. Mm. Sure. Um, I just want to touch on the point on, um, on, 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 tan- on township property. Of the things I've seen, um, is that, uh, Houses, they are not necessarily viewed um, as, as a source of investment, as a form of investment. Um, in the township, it's largely just um, putting a home, or getting a home. Mm. Um, so, so, so when you write about um, what's happening in Jablani, for example, you would find that, well, maybe interest is not going to be so much mm. um, because houses are not viewed, are viewed just as, as homes and not as, as, um, as, um, as, as an investment. Mm. So that's one of the attitude that, um, that still needs to change. And I think um, it comes with, with informing, um, informing our people. Yeah. So now for people that want to, uh, to go through in detail some of uh, the property index and the re- some of the research that you've done, where can they find that? <laughs> Uh, it's available on our website, um, um, standardbank.co.za. Okay. Um, my brother, um, what's your point of closure? Mm, economic opportunities need to move to townships and rural areas. And that way people don't need to feel the pressure of moving out of the township. And if, you know, townships are economic, economically active, then developers will follow and bring more stock, uh, rental and housing stock that is better suited and, uh, and appropriate mm-hmm. for people that, that live in the townships. Um, if we can change that, I think we're going to have a huge knock-on impact when it comes to housing, ha- home ownership in South Africa. Mm. So for people that want to follow some of your articles, where can they get hold of them? Simple, www.moneyweb.co.za. People that want to follow you? On Twitter, at Ray Matlaka. Okay. Do you, are you on Twitter? 
not active, but it's Sipa underscore Mkwanazi. Sipa underscore Mkwanazi. Sipa underscore Mkwanazi. Okay, no, thanks a lot, uh, gentlemen, uh, for, for, for coming um, in, um, in studio. I know definitely I'm going to bring you guys back. Um, you know, you might not be together and <laughs> when I bring you back, uh, but obviously to get more into, into a, a more detailed discussion with at least, um, some of the inside, I've got no doubt that people have really benefited, uh, from the conversation that we had. We hope that even when we send through that invite, you'll be able to honor it for us. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, definitely. Uh, this is indeed what we had for you today right here on Cliff Central. If you have just tuned in, you missed out on an exciting discussion that we had around properties um, in the uh, property market, whether being a township, whether being town, and whether being a first-time buyer. But you can always go to www.cliffcentral.com and go to podcast to actually enjoy or get hold of the podcast. You can even download the Cliff Central app um, to actually listen to some of the podcasts uh, that we had. This is all that we had for you today. Catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360 Bears. My name is Debo Homer 40. I'm out. This is cliffcentral.com.